a Radio 191 FM podcast. Now we've got a guest in the studio. We have Phoenix in today. They are a bit of an expert on the occult. And uh, they've come to have a chat to us. Um, so we're going to find out all about these things. So I guess the, uh, the first question we're going to kick off for you is, uh, how did you get into the occult? Um, well, it's something I'd always been interested in. I can't actually think of a time when I wasn't. Um, one of my earliest memories actually is being taken to the public library by my parents and being adamant that I wanted books on ghosts and specifically non-fiction books and to this day I can't even think of why that you know why I had that interest but you know it just sort of popped up one day and it's been an obsession ever since um, then when I was a teenager I got into heavy metal which sort of led me down on what I guess some people would see as a darker kind of path um, and that just led me to looking into things like Satanism and uh, Aleister Crowley and eventually paganism basically anything that um, piques my interest Okay, because Aleister Crowley is an interesting one because he was originally called the the most evil man of his time, and he actually lived during the same time as both Hitler and Stalin. So that's that's a pretty big call for someone to make. I mean, can you give us a bit of an insight about some you know what Aleister Crowley was into? Um, well, he initially because um, he w- he was initially raised by quite. Um, strictly Christian parents and that led him in his early adult life to rebel against that which sort of led him towards um, what was the I guess the most prominent magical group in England at the time which was the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn Um, and he joined with them but because of a lot of his very anti-Christian kinds of views um, his membership caused a kind of rift within the organisation and he ended up leaving um, and he went to Egypt and ended up having this revelation that led him to writing um, the book of the law which essentially outlines what he considered to be the future law of humanity which is do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law um, this has been misinterpreted by a lot of people particularly those with a, a, an agenda against um, occult beliefs. Uh, when he talked about will, he was talking about um, a kind of higher will, rather than not, not just doing what you want because you want to do it, but following your inner um, path, I guess. Did, did he get a bit of that from from um, Nietzsche's kind of will to power? Is that where kind of that came around, or? Yeah, um, it's quite likely. Um, it, he wrote a a ritual called the Gnostic Mass, which lists all the Gnostic saints, and Nietzsche is listed among them. Um, Nietzsche actually has an odd um, connection to m- modern occult groups. He himself was vehemently against mysticism of all kinds um, but later groups particularly um, I guess you'd call more postmodern groups um, like Crowley's organizations and Church of Satan and 
all that all their offshoots um, they've adopted the uh, concepts like the will to power and uh, that kind of nihilistic approach to um, approach to things hmm. the um I think the cult is kind of, especially in modern pop culture, it's always had this appeal for things. You've certainly had, as you mentioned before, heavy metal uh, took on a lot of the, I guess, the occult um, kind of trappings and dressings. And even someone like uh, Alice Cooper, for example, who, who is very much, I think, has played up the occult, but in actual real life as a very conservative Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, has there been... I mean that dissemination into pop culture, modern pop culture. Um, has this like sparked an interest in the occult and all things cult? Um, I think it has. Um, there was, I guess you could say, a real boom for the occult in the nineteen eighties, um, particularly because there was this social panic about um, about heavy metal and horror movies as well um, and that I think that that of course was led by the conservative Christians and that I think backfired on them because the children they were trying to save from the occult ended up rebelling against that and becoming deeper into the occult than they might have just by listening to a Slayer album or a Metallica album <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I remember going to the dental nurse and um, back when they had school dental nurses and things like that and she asked me what I'd done on the weekend and I told her that I'd played Dungeons and Dragons and she went on this very very long spiel about how uh, Dungeons and Dragons even was a descent into the occult and it was actually like hidden Satanism come to destroy the minds of children yep (laughs) yeah uh, there was a a real panic about Dungeons and Dragons Um, largely led by this one woman whose son was an avid player of it and ended up committing suicide. Um, I think her panic came from the fact that she couldn't accept that it was simply a product of his own mental health issues rather than, you know, she had to find something to blame and then she started a, an organisation called BADD, which was bothered about Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> or bad. Bad. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is bad, okay? Yeah. Okay, now we're going to take a short break. We're just going to play a track and then we'll be back to talk uh, with Phoenix about the occult a little bit more. This track is the Venus Project. It's called Numb. You're listening to The Pillow Fort on Radio 1. In the studio this afternoon, I've got Phoenix with me. Uh, they're a bit of an expert on the occult, so we're asking all things about the occult and, and what it all entails and the kinds of people, which is what we're going to come to now. So, um, Phoenix, can you tell us a bit about you know the the, the people within the, the the occult subculture themselves? You know, what are the kinds of things they believe? You know, who are they? What do they get up to, etc.? Um, generally speaking, the beliefs are quite broad because I mean the occult can include anything from paganism to even Christian occultism um, um, I mean it, simply living in Dunedin I've met all sorts of occultists, um, I've met Wiccans um, Theosophists um, Thalamites 
Um, not many Satanists. So. Can, you, can you give us a, a little kind of information about those uh, terms? Theosophists and Thalamites. Um, well, Theosophy was a... Um, it was a sort of an occult doctrine that popped up, I think, late 19th century. Um, it, it, it merged a lot of prominent, both Eastern and Western, uh, mystical traditions. Um, they've sort of become notorious in hindsight due to the... they believed in a succession of what they called root races. Um, the fifth and final one being what they referred to as the Aryan race, which sort of led into a lot of the mystical beliefs of the Nazis. Um, however, the Theosophist view of it was not um, remotely close to the Nazi view. Um, Thalamites are followers of Aleister Crowley, more or less, um, particularly his philosophy of Thelema. Thelema being the Greek word for will, so a Thalamite is essentially someone that follows the um, what what is referred to as the law of Thelema, being do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Um, Thelema is uh, sort of inspired by Egyptian kind of imagery, but mixed with um, again both Eastern and Western mystical traditions. I noticed too, I mean the um one thing, possibly the only thing I know about modern Satanists is the, the stuff that comes out of America um, and you've seen quite a lot of challenges by the Satanist church um, towards the separation of, Christ, of state and church um, so much so that they've even been uh, petitioning to put up statues of, and forgive me if I've got this pronunciation incorrect, uh, Baphomet? Yeah, yeah. Um, because they say, well, if, if Christians can put up the Ten Commandments on public spaces, thereby negating the separation of church and state, then we can put up the our statues too, because we're a religion as well. And they seem to have, and I have to admit, it was quite funny how they did it. Yeah. Um, and I think when we think of the modern satanic church, it's actually much different to perhaps how we think about uh, it from what we've seen in movies and so forth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because, um, of course, movies are drawing from um, essentially pulp fiction, which was drawing from medieval propaganda about um, more broadly just witchcraft. Um, uh, that being said, a lot of modern Satanists do use some of the aesthetic from sort of horror movies and fiction and medieval propaganda and stuff largely for shock value um, I think because it's just I guess it's fun to piss people off <laughs> um, especially if you know because you know if you're confronted with someone who's this ho you know, horribly conservative set in their ways kind of person what's more enjoyable than making them squirm <laughs> yeah I have to admit I occasionally get uh, uh, carried away doing that myself um, 
Yeah, if I may, we've only got a couple of minutes left uh, of the interview, but I just wanted to ask you about um, your experiences in kind of the the occult community here in Dunedin. Um, my well, my experiences with the community as a whole are quite sparse. I guess I'm not I'm quite a loner, but um, there is a I guess sizable occult community in Dunedin. Um, there's actually a, a pagan Facebook page, uh, Facebook group, a Dunedin pagan Facebook group, um, which is how I met a lot of these people. Um, it, I guess, it, it strengthened my own um, a, approach, I guess, because I felt less like I was just some social outlier um, doing and believing weird things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I you know most of my experiences are solitary can I ask I mean what are some of you know you say you, you, you do and believe weird things can I ask about kind of what some of those beliefs and actions are um, the beliefs are sort of I switch between belief systems a lot but with the kind of overarching beliefs belief that you know, all of these, I guess, paradigms have some reality through it, you know, if we believe it, it sort of manifests in some, in some sense. Um, so I, I've, I switch between things like, and I do switch between Satanism and, um, at the moment I'm looking into Saxon paganism. Um, I've experimented with Wicca. Uh, I, I do a bit of Crowley-based stuff. <laughs> Just any. Uh, I think I've often said that if I have a religion, it's gaining knowledge, and that's what drives me less than any kind of um, religious fervor towards one particular um, belief system. It sounds like what you, what you it's. Um Experience, experimenting with different kind of um, mental um, references of the way that you view life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, my mood at any given time does sort of play into um, what I experiment with. For example, if I'm in a bad mood, I might, you know, do some satanic stuff just because it's more. Uh, not aggressive, but it's more kind of forceful and more. It gives more of a sense of power, and I think that's what I like about being able to switch between things is that different approaches give you different feelings. Fantastic. Hey, um, we've almost run out of time, unfortunately. Now, um, just in case for anyone out there, if they are interested in finding uh, more out about it or just connecting with some like-minded people, they can check out the Facebook group um, Dunedin Pagan? I can't remember what it's called. It's something <laughs> like that. I mean, if you look up Dunedin Pagan, yeah. you know, you'll find it. Give that a search on Facebook. Hey, uh, Phoenix, thank you very much for coming in today. Really it's appreciate okay. um, you coming in and having a chat to us. Yeah. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.